Welcome to my podcast. You are not alone. Convos with Annalisa. I am Annalisa. I would like to start off by saying thank you for all of the great feedback on episode one, Parenting a Sick Child. This is my first podcast ever, and so I really appreciate the support. If you haven't had a chance yet, please subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes come out. Let's go ahead and jump into episode two which is a continuation of episode one, Parenting a Sick Child. We left off with my daughter, Mabel Ann, being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and my entire complete naiveness to the situation. At this point, I have learned more about my daughter's autoimmune disease via Facebook than I did from her specialist. So picking up where we left off, my daughter, Mabel Ann, was prescribed two medications that we had to have compounded for her. Uh, We had to have them broken down, made into a liquid so that she would be able to take them since she is still two at this point and obviously cannot swallow pills. Um, She'd never really had to do anything like that. So I do know some two-year-olds that are very awesome and can swallow medication um, very early, but we were definitely not that in that position. So I remember receiving both medications and getting home and needing to give her the sulfasalazine. And that medication was awful looking. I remember it was chunky and thick and it looked like something I had made in the blender. Um, it was just the grossest looking medication. And so, um, I, I do something that's a little controversial and I understand that, but we do, we bribe our child. We bribe her because she shouldn't have to take these awful medications. And from what I'm being told, she's going to take these for the rest of her life. So, um, you know, we buy things at the Target dollar spot, um, you know, two, three dollars at the Dollar Tree. I mean, I, I don't when I say I bribe her, I mean, I'm not bribing her with like a hundred dollars. I'm bribing her with like a little toy from, like I said, the Dollar Tree or the dollar section at Target. And so this girl has earned every Dollar Tree um, little shopping spree that she gets. And trust me, when you buy her $3 worth of things in there, she is the happiest child in the world. She's not picky. She loves every toy. And so, uh, we start these medications on her and I don't really feel like I see any difference. Um, she's still having a little bit of blood every time that she goes to the bathroom and has a bowel movement. Um, I remember, feeling a little gypped because at this point we have paid $250 for medication that we're not sure is working. 
Um, again, I am very um, naive and, you know, you see in the movies, take the meds and you get better right away. It's definitely not the case with Mabel Ann and her fight with ulcerative colitis. Everything has come slow for us. It's not as quick as others. Um, and so I've had to learn to bring the patients up. I've had to learn to, to understand that this isn't a cold and she's not going to get better in two to three days after a couple of doses. This is going to take some time. And so um, we continue these medications and my parents wanted to take the girls a few days early during Thanksgiving break. So she, my mother and my father usually will pick my daughters up on that Monday of Thanksgiving break and her father and I, their father and I usually show up on Tuesday or Wednesday and spend Thanksgiving obviously as a family on Thursday and then kind of head back on Friday. So we kind of make a big week out of it. And I remember my mom taking Mabel Ann to San Diego, Texas. That's where I'm originally from with her. And within, I'd say a couple of hours, she called me and she tells me, this isn't right. Something is wrong with your baby. And I, I distinctly remember where I was when she called me and told me I was in my bedroom. I had just walked out of my bathroom and I sat on the bed and I put my hands in my face while on the phone with her. Like one of my hands was in my face. And I remember thinking to myself, what do you think I've been telling you? And I was very annoyed and frustrated and angry that she is telling me something I already know. I already know that Mabel has blood when she has a bowel movement. I understand that. And I don't understand why you are questioning me. I don't understand. Did you think I was being dramatic? You know, a lot of different feelings come through when somebody is questioning something that you obviously are already living and you're going through it. And so she kind of drops it. My mom is fantastic. I, she's wonderful at reading me. And she understands when I get overwhelmed and I generally will just kind of shut down a little bit and just kind of like maybe not so much distance myself, but maybe I won't call her as often as I did before. And so she says, you know, I know you're, you're working hard, but I just, I guess I didn't realize this is what you all were going through. And so I say, okay. And you know, Thanksgiving comes and it goes and we're still having the blood and these $250 medications don't seem to be working. And I'm very frustrated and I'm very annoyed. And there's so many feelings that go with that because you just expected to be in a better spot than you are. And so, like I said, weeks go by and December hits. 
December hits and my little one, Mabel Ann, is in a Mother's Day Out program at a local, um, you know, a local facility right by us. And her Christmas program comes up and I dress her up in the cutest little outfit, little black and white dress. I put little white pantyhose on her, a little pair of black little shoes, and I put this little red bow in her hair. I just think she looks the most adorable in the entire world. And we, you know, her dad is able to carve out a couple of hours to go and watch Mabel Ann perform at, um, at her little MDO program. And that, you know, you, you take them home after the, the program. And so I remember we stopped and we picked up, um, we picked up some Chick-fil-A because that's her absolute favorite, picked up some lunch and we came home and we, we were eating and she finished before I did. And she tells me, I'm going to go ahead and go upstairs. I'm going to play. And I say, okay, that's fine. Go ahead, go play. I'm going to finish eating. And then I'm going to clean up our lunch. And so she kind of just makes her way upstairs. And then it just, my world changes. Mabel Ann comes down the stairs and tells me, I pooped, I pooped. And I say to myself, well, that's odd. Mabel doesn't have accidents. She is, she's, she's never really had an accident. And so I say, okay. And I take her to the bathroom and there is blood in the panties, in her panties. And I said, are you okay? And she says, yes, I'm okay. And so I, I wait for her to use the bathroom and no more blood really kind of comes out. And I just kind of clean her up and I say, maybe this was just a fluke. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And so, um, I change her up, clean her up and I send her upstairs. And then she comes back down the stairs and bends over in front of me to pick up a toy. And that's when I see her entire bottom is red, red, like somebody had cut her and she was just bleeding. And so I said, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And I pick her up and I run her downstairs to our half bath and I pull her little, you know, her little panties down and they're just drenched in blood. And so I screamed and I probably scare the bejesus out of her, but I do. I scream and I look at her and I say, are you okay? Are you okay? And she says, I'm okay, mommy. And I said, this isn't right. This is not right at all. And so I tell her, sit right here, sit on the toilet. I run and I grab my cell phone and I call my husband and I'm hysterical at this point. And I'm screaming at him and I'm saying, she has tons of blood in her panties. What do I do? And he's saying, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I'm, he says, what, what do you, what do you think you need to do? And so I said, I need to take her to the hospital. And he says, take her to the hospital. 
And at this point, you know, he's working downtown, which is a good ways away from us. And he's not going to get back in time to pick up our oldest from school. I can't go to the school and pick up our oldest child because they're on a field trip, of course, and they're not getting back for another hour. And so I say to myself, what do I do? What do I do? And so I called one of my girlfriends and I asked her, is there any way that you can pick Addie Mae up for me? You can keep her. You can bring her to me, whatever you need to do. I'm going to the hospital with Mabel. She has panties full of blood. No questions asked. My sweet friend tells me, go, go. Don't worry about Addie Mae. I've got her. And so I scoop Mabel Ann up, put her in some fresh clothes, grab my purse, and I run out the door, literally running. And I call the GI office along the way to the nearest hospital. And it's um, one of the nurses answers and she, she tells me, um, you know, the, the GI is not in today, but you need to get her to a hospital because children bleed out faster than adults. Can you imagine somebody saying that to you and you're already feeling hysterical? You're already feeling the weight of what's going on to your baby. It's pretty traumatizing. And so I speed straight to the hospital and I get there and I hang up with the nurse. And as I put the car in park, I look over my shoulder, like not my shoulder, but I guess the window, out the window. And one of my other girlfriends is there. My other friend who's picking up my daughter has now called another friend to let them know I'm rushing Mabel to the hospital. Without question, she's there. That's huge. That's I mean, I don't have family in San Antonio at this point, And so my friends are my family. And I get there and I tell her, you know, I get off the car and she hugs me and I get there and I tell her everything that's happened. And she tells me, we're going to get some answers right now. And she just takes the reins for me because I am frazzled. And so we get there and there's no wait at all. Um, it's my first emergency room visit ever. Um, I've never been to an emergency room. I've been very fortunate. Like we've always been able to just make an appointment with our doctor or even a minor emergency if I have strep throat over the weekend type thing. And so she sits with me we get to a room and they hook my little one up in an IV, which again, if you have small children, you are not alone. You, I've been there with you when they have to start the IV and it's just not pretty. It's not pretty at all. It's not pretty for an adult. It's not pretty for a child. And so she holds my hand through the whole thing and they come in and they draw labs on Mabel Ann and they come back and they say, well, all her numbers are fine. And I look at my friend and she tells me, you're not going anywhere until you get some answers because what just happened to your daughter is not normal and it is not okay. And you are not going to take that. 
So I say that, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. And I say, I'm not going anywhere. And they said, uh, well, we're not a children's hospital, but we can admit you to a children's hospital, but we have to take you via ambulance. So there we are getting um, everything coordinated to get my oldest daughter to me, to get my husband to me, to pick up this vehicle that's, you know, at the hospital and take us down to the other hospital, which is downtown. Luckily, it's, you know, a few blocks from where my husband actually works. And so we end up taking our very first ambulance ride and we um, get to the other hospital and they are kind of looking at me like, why are you here? You have a GI and you should be controlled. And I'm like, well, she literally just had soaked panties of blood too. two pairs of soaked panties of blood. This is not normal. Um, and so they keep us overnight for observation. She doesn't have any more blood that kind of comes out. And so then, um, we go ahead and they, nothing really got done during that visit. They, they told me they thought it was a polyp. Again, we've already had scopes that have told us this is not a polyp. And so, um, you know, they go ahead and they release us and say, follow up with your GI. So it's, you know, December, it's not an easy month to get an appointment. It's the holidays are here. And so appointments are scarce, not going to get an appointment if you don't already have an appointment. And so we call the GI, talk to her on the phone and she just go ahead and tells me that, you know, just keep going and doing what we're doing. If anything big happens again, I need to go to the hospital where she has privileges. Again, when I went to the original hospital to, um, to get help, I was just going to the first one near me. I really didn't realize that San Antonio had so many children's hospitals. Again, this is me being naive. I've never had to go to the hospital before. I've never had to do any of this stuff before, you know? After being discharged and speaking with our GI, we go ahead and we decide we're just going to kind of monitor Mabel Ann from home. And we have an appointment scheduled for January and we will see our GI then which is fine. Um, the holidays, like Christmas kind of comes and goes and she's still having a little bit of blood. We're not really seeing any more improvements. We're still giving her this expensive medication. I don't really feel like it's working, but I mean, we'll just go with it because there's nothing else I can do. And so December 31st, December 31st, Mabel Ann says, I need to go to the bathroom while we are, you know, outside celebrating New Year's Eve, um, our neighbors at that point put on quite a big show, um, where I live fireworks are permitted. So we are outside kind of enjoying everyone's, um, you know, shows that they're kind of putting on for the neighborhood. So Mabel Ann tells us I need to go to the bathroom. And so we come inside and she goes to the bathroom and it's the first time since August that she goes and has a bowel movement and there is no blood. We're, I'm screaming. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. 
it's better than Christmas. It's better than any high that you could possibly feel. It's, it's pure joy and it's so real. And it's so you, you feel like finally this child is not going to have to deal with this anymore. So here we go. We text everybody. Mabel's poop has no blood. (laughs) And the good friends respond back and they are over the moon for you. And they are congratulating you. And we are celebrating this two-year-old's poop. And she's thrilled too, because I mean, she really doesn't know what's going on. She just knows mom and dad are happy. Sister is happy. You know, grandma and grandpa and Mimi and All of mommy's friends are so stoked that my poop is fantastic. It's pretty funny when you think about it now. That was the last of the celebrating for a long time. January 1st hits and we're back to blood in the toilet. So we had one bowel movement that came back fine. After that, we're still back blood in the toilet not a whole bunch. Again, just that annoying amount. And so I'm like, you know, as long as it's not affecting her, I think we're going to be fine. December, uh, not December, January 7th hits. It's burned into my memory. January 7th hits and Mabel goes to the bathroom over 20 times with loose diarrhea, with blood. I was working on orders because at this point I have an Etsy shop and I tell my husband, I'm overwhelmed. What do I do? Our child has gone to the bathroom over 20 times today. And he says, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what do, what does the Facebook group say you should do? And I said, they pretty much are saying I need to take her in. I don't want to take my child in to the emergency room again to get poked and be sent home. That's not fun. So I call her doctor office on call. It's night. It's nighttime. And they tell me they're going to have the GI on call, which is her actual GI, give me a call back. So she calls back about five minutes later and I'm screaming at her. And I say to her, why is she having bloody diarrhea 20 plus times in a day? And she says, bring her in. And I said, For what? What are you going to do to help my child? Going to put another IV in her and do nothing? Going to draw more labs and tell me that she is fine? What are you going to do? I need to know before I put her through this that this is worth it. She says, you need to bring her in right now. You need to get off the phone with me and you need to come in here. And so I say, okay, all right, fine. So I, again, very naive to all of this. I grab my purse. I grab Mabel. I grab Addie Mae. I grab my husband and get in the car and we head on over to the hospital. 
and they get some samples because she's still going to the bathroom even there. And they take some samples of her bowel movements, her diarrhea. They get some samples of urine and they go ahead and they draw labs on her. They come in and they tell me she's being admitted. I was not prepared for that. I had no clothes for me, for her. I had no anything. I was not ready to stay there. But I also knew there's no way I'm going home with a sick child again. No way. So my husband has work the next day. My other daughter has school. And so I say, go ahead and leave us here. And you all take off. And we go upstairs and it's a long night. They decide they think she has something called intussusception. They think possibly maybe she has diverticulitis. They think maybe something is going on inside. And so they call in somebody to run a sonogram on her. Now, I one of my very best friends is a sonogram tech. Um, and so she's always told me sonogram techs know more than they ever tell you. Um, I can see things generally in a patient, but obviously we have to wait for the doctors to be able to give any diagnosis, but I generally know what's going on prior to the doctor coming in. So I am armed with this wonderful information when the lovely sonogram techs come in and they start running these tests on her. And boy, I will tell you, I, I remember them snapping and snapping and snapping pics and I looked at them and I told them what's wrong with her. And they said, well, we don't know. And I said, don't play that with me because you do know. We do know. We know what's wrong. And I know you know what's wrong because my best friend is a sonogram tech. And if you want, I can wake her up and I can FaceTime her so that she can see the screen. So that way she can tell me because I don't want to wait five more hours until a doctor comes in here and gives me whatever diagnosis or excuse or whatever that they have. So they kind of cave a little bit and they do tell me they can't see anything as far as their department goes. So they don't think that it's anything that has to do with them. So I say, okay, fine. Mind you, my daughter is still going to the bathroom quite a bit. She hasn't stopped. And I, I, I don't remember the exact number of times she went that day, but I believe it was around 28. Can you imagine going to the bathroom 28 times in one day? How awful you must feel. She just doesn't feel good. My poor baby is just feeling awful and your heart feels like it's being ripped out of you because you're having to watch this, but you get a little bit stronger and you keep going and you keep fighting, right? So they decide, um, you know, the next day she's still going to the bathroom a lot that they want to go ahead and they want to run another set of scopes because something's not right. Something is not right at all. And so I say, I mean, we don't have a choice. Whatever you need to do, let's do it. So we start with all the tests. Oh my goodness, all the tests that we we do on Sweet Mabel Ann. We do um, tests where she has to drink a liquid and we've got to get her to walk around a whole bunch because we need to see 
what this liquid is going to light up saying on the insides and it takes forever. It just takes so long. Every test takes hours, it seems. And I'm still dealing with, you know, all of this new stuff coming at me, still dealing with my child, my other child being in school, my husband needing to work, my family being so far away, needing to be or wanting to be um, updated. It's a lot for a person. It's really a lot. And so everything keeps coming back, showing like it shouldn't be this bad. Like there's nothing. There's no evidence showing that this is severe other than the symptoms that are happening with her. And so, you know, what feels like just days and days go by and she's just not getting better. And so they throw a word out at me that I've already been prepared for. I've been prepared for this change in medication for a while because at this point, My life revolves around getting my daughter healthy. So when I'm not in tests and and procedures or whatever else going on with her, I'm glued to my phone on Facebook, researching through this group, researching different medications, familiarizing myself with all of it. And the doctor comes in. And they tell me that they want to try a new medication on her, which in the Crohn's and ulcerative colitis world is known as liquid gold. Remicade. Remicade is an infusion and it helps battle inflammation and get this autoimmune disease under control. As soon as they mention it, I say, yes, no second thoughts. I remember my husband saying, are you sure? And I said, it's liquid gold is what it's called, honey. And my baby needs some rest because we're still waking up at all hours of the night to take her to the bathroom. And she's still just miserable and she's getting so skinny. She was already pretty petite and now she's just getting skinny. She's losing her features and she's just skin and bones. So Remicade does its job and it's a long infusion. It's very long and they they make it longer because at this particular hospital, they had never given a child who was two years old this medication. Mabel is what they like to call like a very special case here in San Antonio because it's not common for such a small child to be diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and need such a strong medication to help battle it. But boy, does Remicade work. Oh my goodness. I could sing joy to Remicade. And now I start fighting to get her home because we were admitted on January 7th and we are quickly approaching Mabel Ann's birthday, which is January 20th. And I do not want my child to celebrate her third birthday inside of the hospital. 
I want my child to attend her party that has already been paid for, that has been planned for months. I am a planner. And so I generally get all of this done before the holidays because I don't want to deal with the stress. And so I start fighting and fighting and advocating to get her home. And so they reluctantly discharge us on January 17th and let me know that I have an appointment on January 18th at the Infusion Center to start getting Mabel Ann on the books for her infusions of Remicade. Remicade um, starts off at zero, it's week zero, and then they'll need another infusion at week two. They'll need another infusion at week four, and I believe the next infusion is week eight. Do not quote me because it's been a while, but this is what I believe I remember. And so we go the next day and she's not going to the bathroom a whole bunch. She's still holding strong. Remicade has done its job. We are thrilled. And we meet with the infusion center. We get all of her stuff set up. They're so wonderful. And they just spoil her, spoil her rotten. And she's just loving it. Little My little ham. Over the next few days, my little ham starts to deteriorate. And her birthday comes and we have her party set up and the pictures I have from that day show how miserable my baby is already. Three days, four days after Remicade. Mind you, she shouldn't need an infusion for, for a few more days. And so um, it's pretty heartbreaking and she wanted to just be carried and sleep and carried and sleep and she didn't want to eat. She just didn't want anything. She was very uncomfortable and she didn't have the tools of vocalization to be able to tell me like, mommy, I just don't feel good. She's just a baby still, you know, she's so tiny that she really doesn't say anything. She just is fussy and only wants her mommy. So, um, we made it 11 days out of the hospital. And that was it. And then the amount of blood that was coming out of her again, and the amount of stools that were coming out of her again, were just insane. It was just so much. I really want to thank you all for listening to me talk about this. Please join me next week for part three of Parenting a Sick Child as we continue Mabel Ann's journey. Parenting a Sick Child is not something that most people will openly talk about. You are not alone. I do not want any of you to feel that you are going through a life event where you cannot talk about it with anyone. Me talking about my life and experiences of being a wife, mom, and daughter is just the beginning. I would love to hear from you all about what future topics you would love for me to cover. If you have questions about my episodes, please feel free to email me at convoswithanalisa at gmail.com. I promise you I will be reading each and every email that you send my way. You are not alone. Please subscribe to this podcast so that you can be alerted when new episodes come out. 
Thank you all so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Goodbye.